This is Solidarity News on Radio Labour. This is a Radio Labour World Report recorded on Friday, May 14th, 2021. I'm Mark Boulanger. In the report this week, the fascist Republican Party in the United States is trying to rebrand itself as a workers' party. Labour in the United Kingdom is fighting racism in the country. The Labour Start report about union events and singing. This is Radio Labour. Don't fall for the Republican Party's working class rebrand. It's a cruel hoax. That is Robert Reich, a former labor secretary in the Clinton administration in the United States. He is currently a professor at the University of California, Berkeley. The Republican Party has been turning even more forcefully to the fascist right while declaring itself a supporter of working people in the country. Mr. Reich. The Republican Party is trying to rebrand itself as the party of the working class. Rubbish. Republicans can spout all of the catchy slogans about blue jeans and beer they want, but actions speak louder than words. So what are they actually doing? Did they vote for the American Rescue Plan? No. Not a single Republican in Congress voted for stimulus checks and extra unemployment benefits needed by millions of American workers. So what have they voted for? Well, every single one of them voted for Trump's 2017 tax cut for the wealthy and corporations, of which 83% of the benefits go to the richest 1% over a decade. They claimed that corporations would use the savings from the tax cut to invest in their workers. In reality, corporations use their tax savings to buy back shares of their own stock in order to boost share values. And some corporations then fired large portions of their workforce. Not very pro-worker, if you ask me. Have they voted for any taxes on the wealthy? No. Quite the opposite. Republicans refuse to tax the rich. They have been trying to get rid of the estate tax, which only applies to estates worth at least $11.7 million for individuals and $23.4 million for married couples. Working class my foot. Have they backed a bill to raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour? which a majority of Americans favor? No, Republicans refuse to raise the minimum wage, even though it would give 32 million workers a raise. That's about a fifth of the entire U.S. workforce. Do they support unions, which empower workers to get better pay and benefits? No again. To the contrary, Republicans have enacted right-to-work laws in 28 states, decimating unions' bargaining power and enabling businesses to exploit their workers. And when it comes to strengthening labor laws, only five out of 211 Republicans voted for the PRO Act in the House, the toughest labor law legislation in a generation. How about the historic union drive at the Bessemer, Alabama, Amazon warehouse, which Joe Biden and almost all Democrats strongly backed? Just one Republican spoke out in support. All others have been dead silent. What about backing regulations that keep workers safe? Nope. 
In fact, they didn't bat an eye when Trump rolled back child labor protections, undid worker safeguards for exposure to cancerous radiation, and gutted measures that shield workers from wage theft. Do they support overtime? No. They allowed Trump to eliminate overtime for 8 million workers and continue to repeat the corporate lie about job-killing regulations. What about expanding access to health care to all working people? Not a chance. Republicans at the state level have blocked Medicaid expansion and enacted Medicaid work requirements, while Republicans in Congress have tried for years to repeal the entirety of the Affordable Care Act. If they succeeded, they would have stripped health care away from more than 20 million working Americans. So don't fall for the Republican Party's working class rebrand. It's a cruel hoax. The GOP doesn't give a fig about working people. It is and always will be the party of big business and billionaires. People of color are being disproportionately affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. That is why the British Trades Union Congress recently organized a webinar on the topic. One of the participants in the webinar was the General Secretary of the TUC, Francis O'Grady. We know that Black and ethnic minority people are much more likely to be key workers and to be on that COVID front line, uh, which means that they were putting their health and continue to put the health of themselves and their families on the line for the rest of us. And very often, as we know at the start of this crisis, they didn't even have proper protective equipment to do that. They're also much more likely to be on insecure contracts, like zero hours and full self-employment, which means they're much less likely to get even basic sick pay when people need to take time off sick or self-isolate. So, you know, I will keep saying this, key workers cared for us, it's time we cared for them. And to be honest, after those announcements on the Defence Review, if the government's got money for more nuclear warheads, then why haven't they got the money to give all our key workers a decent, real pay rise? But just on that point, because I think this is about more than money. It says something really profound about how we value people and how deep racism runs. And that's why, again, I think all of us have to keep pressing that call for an independent public inquiry, including into the racism that we saw in the handling of this pandemic and why it is that black and ethnic minority communities have paid an even higher price. So we need that independent public inquiry. And I know I can count on everybody on this call to raise our voices to get it. Um, this week, Patrick, we had another reminder, didn't we, with um, the policing bill passed through Parliament. And let, let's make no bones about it. This bill, which is an anti-democratic bill designed to crack down on our right to protest, it was conceived in response to those Black Lives Matters protests. So let's be honest about what the origin of this bill is. It's gobsmacking, really, in terms of the new powers it's seeking to take. There's even a new offence called 
serious annoyance. And to be frank, as many other people have commented, if serious annoyance was an offence, half the cabinet would be banged up tomorrow. But it has backfired badly, I think. We saw that mishandling of the vigil in response to the death of a woman, the murder of a woman walking home. We've seen how those women at the vigil were treated. And I think it shocked everybody. And I think it is important to say this, that I think the Labour Party was quite right in pointing out that it comes to something when you can get 10 years in jail for toppling statue glorifying slave traders or what we would call nowadays people traffickers imagine that you can get 10 years for toppling a statue like that and yet you can only get five years for raping a real live woman what does that say about our values i think it says the government's got its priorities all wrong We have got to lead from the front as a movement and we cannot lecture others if we don't get our own house in order. But let's be honest, we have not got the representation at every level of the movement in every walk of life that we need to see. And this isn't just some kind of moral duty. This is because we know as working people that Our opponents always set out to divide us. Here with his report about union events is Labour Start correspondent Derek Blackadder. Each day, Labour Start's volunteers collect hundreds of news items about the struggles of workers and their unions from around the world in 36 languages. Here's a small sample of their work. Our top story section included links to coverage of a personal video appeal from the spouse of an Iranian teachers union leader imprisoned for his activism, the decision by the global unions to pull out of a Bangladesh garment industry safety agreement after it proved unworkable, and calls from unions everywhere to end the fighting in Palestine. One story that has had a long, perhaps too long, life on our news pages is the effect of so-called P3s, or public-private partnerships, on public services and private profits. This week, more information about the lethal Mexico City overhead rail line collapse have come to light. Mexico City transport workers struck in protest as more details confirm their initial conclusion that the company responsible for the disaster cut corners in ways that affected the safety of both workers and the public, all in an effort to increase its profits. The Public Services International and National Public Sector Unions around the world have been fighting P3s for decades. Search the PSI website for information on how private corporations use this funding structure for public services to extract huge profits and how public money is converted into greater and greater profits while services and the quality of public infrastructure are eroded. Sometimes, as in Mexico City, fatally eroded. For our Working Women page, our volunteers found a story about the impact of the military coup in Myanmar on gender equality, or rather the growing lack of it there, and how this explains why so many trade union leaders in that country leading the protest movement are women. We also covered calls from domestic workers' unions across Africa for action on needed labor rights reforms that would provide them with the basic protections that other workers enjoy, and the death of a pioneer fighter for sex workers' rights in India.
Our health and safety newswire carried stories about a school in South Africa that teachers want closed because students and staff have been wounded by stray bullets resulting from a gang war and then forced to return to class immediately afterwards. Our photo of the week is of a clash between Colombian police and trade unionists protesting tax changes, which would make that country even more unequal than it already is. Unions around the world have condemned the horrific levels of state violence directed at the protesters. Already, 50 are dead, hundreds have been wounded, and many, many more have been disappeared. Current campaigns that we are running at the request of unions around the world include an urgent appeal for online solidarity with Canadian unionist Sian Erdal, who has been imprisoned in Turkey since last September. Look for details of this and other campaigns on our site. This is Derek Blackadder from Labor Start, reporting for Radio Labor. Now here is the American folk singer Woody Guthrie with his 1944 song, All You Fascists Are Bound to Lose. You may be surprised People in this world are getting organized You're bound to lose You fascists bound to lose Woo! All you fascists bound to lose I said All you fascists bound to lose Yes All you fascists bound to lose You're bound to lose You fascists bound to lose Where a million fascists died, you're bound to lose. You fascists bound to lose. And that's it. International labor news you can use. You can find our features and daily newscasts at radiolabor.net. I'm Mark Boulanger. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's all about global solidarity.